At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. Good evening. You are listening to 105.9 FM WOMMLP The Radiator, coming to you straight out of beautiful Burlington, Vermont. It's Rocket Shop. Sitting in for Tom Proctor, I'm your host, Nico Zachman. And with me is our special guest tonight, the Constables. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. One thing we like to do is kick off the show is start with a song. What do you got? We've got a song called Green Mountain Farmer that I wrote a number of years ago about all of the uh, wonderful people growing food in this state. A lot of great food in this state. Shall we kick it off? Let's do it. Oh, I'm 
only us green mountain farmers. But if hard work were pennies, then we'd have a rich man's loaf. Constables with their song Green Mountain Farmer. So, in your bio, you guys describe yourself as a roots rock slash Americana act with elements of bluegrass, alt rock, and hip hop. That latter genre kind of surprised me when I first read it, but how'd you first get into hip hop and how do you incorporate that into your music? Well, we, uh, we're working on doing some more uh, rhythmic stuff with a lot of the um, banjo that we're going to bring out later on. Um, and I actually got into hip hop because uh, my cousin uh, grew up in New Hampshire, which is not the place that you might think of uh, being the <laughs> yeah. center of hip hop. But he was hugely into hip hop. And when I was growing up, I made a lot of fun of him for it because I thought he was being kind of nerdy about it. And then he showed me, I think Common was the first uh, rap artist that he, he uh, uh, made me listen to. And I really started to understand just the, the complexities of the rhythms and, and right. how interesting the melodies were in some of the stuff um and that's kind of how i got into it but dan's been listening to hip-hop a lot longer than i have i, I am indeed older than ben so uh <laughs> I, I i moved to vermont in 1986 and uh my friend here in town mr freeman good evening mr freeman introduced me to the fat boys and uh awesome been a fan ever since. awesome it's funny because you know my first experience with hip-hop was uh was kind of like the mid-2000s like pop rap of like you know Chingy and Bow Wow, formerly Lil Bow Wow, and uh, them franchise boys. So kind of a far cry from Common, but but you know it's 
it's it's sort of different from when I uh, you know from the old older stuff that was more kind of politically charged and more socially charged. But yeah, yeah. Well, I I think uh, you introduced me to Killer Mike at one point, and that really reinvigorated my uh, my interest in hip hop. Waiting on Run the Jewels Five right now for sure. I'm a big fan of Run the Jewels. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Killer Mike is uh, is one of my one of my favorite rappers right now, and uh, and I I I I mean I'm arguably rap is kind of like the 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 genre of music I listen to the least now. I'm I'm more into like you know rock and metal and like you know all those you know all those like you know more aggressive styles of music, but. But yeah, no, I, I'm a I'm a fan of rap. I try to listen to it as much as as much as I can. Um, the bluegrass parts. Um, how'd you how'd you kind of get into like bluegrass and alt rock? So bluegrass is kind of how I I really started when I started playing seriously when I wasn't just learning Tom Petty songs. You know, when I first started playing and playing one four five chords. Um, I I I went to Sterling College in Craftsbury Common um, up in the, the Kingdom. And had a bunch of friends that just were really into bluegrass, and I, I just love the the fast rhythms and all the the fun. I mean, it's just fun to play that, and to yeah. make the connection to the to hip hop actually is one of the bands that I really got into when I was there was um uh, I think they're called Gangster Grass. They have a, a, a album called Rappalachia, and I just I loved that mix of two genres that you wouldn't expect to be together, and really kind of work some of their songs maybe not so much but most of their songs are really really cool so it's like a nice little experiment yeah that the uh, show uh, justified if you've seen that show the opening to that is is done by that band and it's just a really cool you know merging of kind of two types of music that came out of really you know disenfranchised and and economically disadvantaged cultures and i think it's really cool to see that mix especially considering how different those cultures can can seem to be in this country i love when when artists like fuse kind of disparate genres together to make uh to make like new forms of music i mean i'm i extreme metal isn't exactly you know a a, a you know a widespread a widely liked genre but I think there's this band called Genghis Tron. They're actually formed in my hometown and they fuse like, you know, extreme metal and electronic music. And it's, it's a weird, it's a weird hybrid, but it somehow works. Have you heard of the, the who not, not, of course you've heard of the who with W, but the H U it's a Mongolian death metal band. Yes. They are. I yeah. love their stuff. I yeah. Understand. I haven't, I haven't listened to much the who, but <laughs> I've um I've heard a lot about them. It's like, you know, it's like Mongolian folk metal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They play like a horsehead fiddle and like all <laughs> standard like Mongolian folk instruments and then like just plug them in, turn the gain up and and go and it's they do a, they did a bunch of Metallica covers that got them really famous, but they have these yeah. like what are they? Uh, they're like Mongolian like war songs that they do as metal and it just mm -hmm. it makes you want to go getting a fight somewhere so. yeah it, they have kind of a strong following here in america which is something that you i don't think really expect from uh from a mongolian folk metal band yeah. but yeah i mean and they they don't sing in english too which no. is which is really interesting yeah. it's like boris you know they're all of their lyrics are in japanese but they they're really popular here in the united states boris is like this experimental band that i've been into for a few years but yeah 
So, so Ben. Yes, sir. Um, this is kind of like a non-music related question, but it says you spend your work days as a river scientist. What exactly does that mean? Is the environment something that you're passionate about? Uh, yes, I've spent pretty much my entire career and even before I went to school actually playing in rivers. I grew up fishing um, and really learned to love rivers because I wasn't that good at catching fish. So I spent a lot of time looking at rivers and figuring out how they, how water decides to go from one direction to another and stuff like that. Um, and what I've uh, spent most of my time doing is really trying to get um, generally sea run fish, but fish like brook trout or salmon, they need to run up the river so that they can lay eggs and continue their life cycle. And one of the major impediments to that is dams, um, as well as uh, a lot of people don't think, but culverts where they put in a pipe to get the water from one side of the road to the other. Those are yeah. often a big problem for fish to get from one to get upstream. So I spend my, my work days trying to work with towns to um, that have these dams or have these undersized and, and problem culverts to replace the culverts or to remove the dams so that fish can get from the downstream end to the upstream end and go lay their eggs and continue to have salmon that are running into Lake Champlain and, and down to the ocean. That's really, really cool. Do you catch walleye at all? I have done some walleye fishing, but not, uh, not very much lately. Um, uh, okay. The reason why I asked that is because my, uh, my dad's side of the family, they're way in, they're way into fishing and they're very outdoorsy and we, we actually catch walleye, you know, for, for food. Yeah. They're one of the best eating fish. They're best tasting fish yeah <laughs> where where do they uh where do they fish minnesota oh yeah that's yeah they're walleye, walleye country <laughs> it's definitely walleye country i i was born there so i kind of like you know i kind of was kind of brought into tried to get into that fishing fishing thing it's it's not i'm not much of a fisher generally but i love to hike and i love to i love i love you know certain outdoorsy stuff but um but yeah so We'd love to hear another song. What do you have for us? So this one is called uh, uh, Happy Days. And this is a song I wrote. So I just m recently moved back to Vermont after going to school here. I was working in Maine doing fish stuff on, on the coast. And I wrote this song. Um, it was one of those songs that just came out all fully formed, which rarely ever happens. I think it's, I have like two songs like that. Normally I write them and then it takes like five years to actually finish them. Um, but this one, I was, we were moving, and my wife and I were living in this beautiful um, in coastal Maine town called Harpswell, and I got this dream job in Vermont, but I didn't want to leave the coast, and this song just right. kind of popped out as this, like, feeling of being ecstatic and happy and getting everything that I wanted, but also feeling really sad about leaving a really, really beautiful place. Yeah. So, let's kick us off.
the constables with their song happy days love that little reference to john prine such a sublime songwriter who's had an immeasurable influence on contemporary singer songwriter music dan you seem to have been all over your bio mentions that you were raised in wisconsin and japan as well as vermont what brought you all the way to japan uh, my my parents are, are academics uh, the first time over there my father was working on his doctorate um, which, oh, is a neat line of it. He, he does Christian theology from a Mahayana Buddhist philosophical perspective. So you swap out the Greeks and that tradition that's kind of built into most of Christian theology with a more Eastern philosophical point of view and examine the text with that other lens. So, that's awesome. Did your mother do the same thing? My mother, yeah, well, the second time was for my mother's doctorate. She was working on a translation on a Japanese myth uh, called The Tale of Genji, if I'm right. I hope I'm right. Um, yes. She'll and then tell they, you if you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sure that's it. Have um, you been anywhere in the world other than Japan? Have I been any? I went to Ireland a couple times when flights were cheap, and that was yeah. easy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Does that Did that have anything to do with... Uh, Bouncing around New Mexico and uh, Maine? 
Uh, let's yes. Let's see. Life has had many chapters. I went to New Mexico. I was went attended St. John's College in Santa Fe, New Mexico, as a freshman. It didn't quite work out. Well, Did you transfer somewhere else? Yes, and then I wound up at Marlboro College here in Vermont. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I went to, I had a kind of a complicated, uh, kind of a complicated trajectory <laughs> while I was in college, too. I started out at, at a Landmark College, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a small private school in uh, Putney, Vermont. And I went there for a year before transferring to the University of New Haven in Connecticut. Change and, of scene, huh? Yeah, it was definitely definitely <laughs> a change, you know, and a lot, lot more... Um, a lot more uh, urban, kind of, so you know, a lot more opportunity there for someone who wants to major in music and sound recording, which I did. That's where I got my degree. Definitely a, a large, a large music scene there. You know, here it's a bit more, more low key, but I love that. I love that. And uh, yeah, and then I, then I moved back here. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> We think it's the best place. I think it's the yeah. best place. Ben may be wistful for Maine. I'm not. I worked at Friendly's for a year. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ben, you've been kind of around, too. You uh, you say that you're a New Hampshire native, but you've called New York, Michigan, Maine, Maryland, and West Virginia home. And... You seem to like those M states for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm... You're a Minnesotan, so you know what you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, did West Virginia kind of like you know the 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 old timey music there kind of uh, make you make kind of influence what you do here in Vermont? Yeah, you know it's interesting because I I learned I started getting into old timey music here in Vermont and listening to Old Crow Medicine Show, Avett Brothers a little bit and. And then went down, and I thought, like, I thought I was, like, decent at playing old-time music and, you know, just picked up the banjo. And I moved down to West Virginia, and, like, I couldn't hold a candle to the guys that were down there. I'd go out to the bar, and there'd be some guy just playing amazing stuff. And he's just, like, the local guy is not, you know, doesn't have an album out or anything. Just every holler, as they call them down there, has a, a musician down there. And I learned, actually, that with the banjo, you've got, like, diff you know, three-finger three finger style scrug style bluegrass there's all these different you know styles and somebody told me that it, back in the day like every holler had a different style so one right. of them would be like the guy played two fingers and then you go over the next valley and it'd be a guy played three fingers and they'd all argue about which one was better yeah yeah are you familiar with uh john fahey at all is he an influence no not exactly i mean i've heard the name but he's i've, I've not really uh, listened to a lot of his stuff yeah, he does like a lot of like American, like you know, kind of guitar-based music that um, that I I noticed a lot of John Fahey in you know kind of what you do. That I think sounds it, like a compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a, it's definitely a compliment, and it's uh, you know, "Bad Timing" by Jim O'Rourke is another is another great record that I kind of it's more it's more freeform. It's you know, it's not as much structure as as your guys is. Um, your guys's music but you know he's he's kind of pioneered like you know the the steel string kind of acoustic mm. guitar stuff that uh that you know that that john fahey did but yeah um so what was your um what ben what was your first memory of music oh 
I, honestly, I mean, I can't pick one. Uh, both of my parents played uh, music growing up. My dad plays uh, acoustic guitar. My mom sings and plays guitar. So, I mean, I, ever since I was a kid, I've always been been singing and doing stuff. I mean, I was the kid running around in kindergarten singing songs, and the teacher had to tell me to shut up because <laughs> they got sick of me singing the same thing over and over again. Right. My parents probably wanted to say that, but they were supportive, so they didn't. But yeah. I don't, I don't, my first probably first thing I remember was listening to the Beatles in like music class in like third or fourth grade and just being amazed that you could make that kind of sound. And uh, yeah, but I can't, I can't really put a finger on my very first memory. Yeah. I can't go wrong with the Beatles. (laughs) I remember um, when, when I was like a very little kid, for some reason, Eleanor Rigby was like my favorite song of all time. Despite the really dark subject matter of that <laughs> of that song, but um, but yeah, would you would you describe your music as cathartic at all? Yeah, I think almost all the songs that I write, and I mean the reason I play is because it feels good, and it you know you get that endorphin rush from doing it, and yeah, I mean. I can't speak for Dan explicitly, but I, we're, we're not doing this because we're making tons of money or because it's, you know, it, we're doing it because we have to. It's, we just love playing music and it makes us feel good. And when I sit all day typing on a computer and writing grants, coming home and playing, playing guitar is, it gives, recharges me so I can do that the next day. Yeah. I ben don't... can speak for me. It's fine. <laughs> You can speak for yourself just fine. Well, but you just, said, you, just, you, just, you just said it. You just right, said it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, quite well. Um, so, Dan, do you um, is your kind of first memory of music, you know, falling in love with the stand-up bass in your middle school orchestra program, like it says in your bio? Oh, well, that's not my first memory. I, I, I think I was trying to think. I remember my parents weren't musicians, but they had a uh, they had a record player. And my first memory of, of music is just the rug in the record player room. And I don't remember which record. They had Magical Mystery Tour, Sgt. Pepper, something by Chicago, Teaser in the Firecat by Cat Stevens and uh, Carol King's Tapestry. It was one of those. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I mean, my first, me- I've always loved music, but I'd say my first memory is, of course, is, you know, Eleanor Rigby. But, you know, listening to my uh, my parents' CD collection, you know, I sort of, my 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 influence or my my start into music was kind of getting getting into uh, their their type of music before starting to kind of branch out into into my own kind of music. I'm a big even though even though my parents kind of disagree my parents and I disagree on like you know kind of like the extreme metal and noise music that I listen to <laughs> I um I still I still have a, find a lot of common ground especially with my mom she's real she and I are both really into Dave Matthews band and uh they have a new album coming out free plug <laughs> huh. and uh and yeah we we go to we try to go to their uh, go to their shows every every year but um, well, let's say it's time for another song. What you got for us, guys? So this one is called "Grounded." We're gonna see how well Dan's hands hang. So, so you all should know. I've been pushing Dan to play this upright bass, and Dan is a fantastic bassist. But he's used to playing that thing, and and we're really we're really pushing his his uh, muscle memory here. With, so with the big with big bass. Thanks to my grandmother Guinevere for buying me this bass in 1986. <laughs> so this song's called Grounded. 
Um, and I think it's it's fairly self-explanatory. It's just kind of a little bluegrassy ditty about uh, what it uh, trying to keep your feet on the ground. by the constables i love that you seem to have found the perfect balance between more rowdy songs like grounded versus the comparatively relaxed songs like green mountain farmer and happy days do you um do you is that like is that intentional for you guys depends on the day (laughs) depends on what kind of mood you're in yeah i mean yeah we 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 like doing fast and fun stuff, and we also know audiences don't like to just want to show up and want to cry the entire set. So yeah, yeah, there's specific music for that that yeah. I listen to. That <laughs> if I, I want to just wallow in self pity, you know, I I keep trying to get him to slow down just so that we can hear his. I like to hear him sing. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I um, my question is for Dan. Um, 
I noticed that you have a electric bass in the background versus the uh, more upright bass that you're playing right now. Would you say there's any um, any what's what's the difference? How is it different playing the upright bass versus the electric bass? This is coming from someone who wants to learn to play electric bass. But would you say there's uh, what are the, the same differences? It's instrument. It's a it's a long, this is a longer scale, so that's a slight slight difference. Um, like how does it, it feel? It takes a lot more force to play this bass, which is why I keep Ben keeps on apologizing for my hand because yes, right, uh, right. So otherwise, I mean that's a that's a fretless bass, so it's it's more or less the same instrument. There's a difference in tone, of course. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But does it? Um, which one do you, do you enjoy one instrument more than the other? I, it's a relatively new discovery that I am able to, to at all play this thing. Um, so, <laughs> so um, yes, you... I'm much more comfortable on that thing, but I'm enjoying getting this out again, and I don't know. We'll see, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, your Ben, your singing style, are you familiar with um, Stephen Siegel's? No. They're a bluegrass band from uh, Finland. Hmm. They went viral with a a video of them covering Thunderstruck by <laughs> nice. ACDC. Nice. <laughs> and just your um your voice in in the best way possible reminds me of the guy from Steven Siegel. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Are um <laughs> are there are there any? Would you say there is any other um, genres that you say are kind of you don't sound like, but you're just kind of influenced by, regardless whether it's you know other than you know hip hop or or alternative rock? Yeah, it's. I mean, hip hop and alt rock is probably not what influences my vocals. So I, d- I grew up in singing in choirs. So like I I honestly probably the biggest influence on my vocals is singing baroque music when I was in high school. I really liked doing that that kind of those really nice tight harmonies and and those really kind of expansive sounds. Um, but I've I mean, I like I just like singing. I, I sang a lot of like show tunes and it was I went to high school in New York and then my senior year I transferred to Michigan. And it was an interesting uh, change because in New York you you go to these like competent you know, they have like the all state choir or they have these singing competitions where you go right. and perform the song and they grade you on it. And there you would always do a show tunes. You do some kind of Broadway song. And then I yeah. moved to Michigan and it was opera arias. And hmm. I was lost. I was completely <laughs> lost. I was sitting there yeah. ready to sing like Porgy and Bess songs. And they're like, Oh, you got to sing Carro Mio Ben. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to do any of that. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, maybe it's just that I'm not like into, um, into like opera and stuff that I just I I know I just don't really get it but there are there are a lot of there are a lot of people I know especially in the um in the New Haven Connecticut area which is where I went to school that are into into that kind of stuff would you say you know growing up that you had like a big music scene to go around like you know concerts and stuff you know, not really. I, I grew up in upstate New York. Was fairly rural. I was near Ithaca, and I was out kind of in, in farm country, thirty, forty miles outside of the city. So I, I mean, my mostly it was doing that kind of stuff, like singing in choir and doing, you know, all state competitions and stuff like that. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of ashamed to say. I think my first 
concert was like Bruce Hornsby in the oh, range, that's cool. which is not bad, but not. Dad's my dad's a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's good. I actually met him. He's incredibly tall. I've you've never seen it. He's like seven feet tall. But you I, met Bruce Hornsby. Yes, I I went to uh, what was it? I was going to a, I think a college visit with my brother, and he was playing at there, and we, we were at a coffee shop and. This guy who's like seven feet tall walks in, and my dad's like, "Oh my god, that's Bruce Hornsby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always funny, like you know, the people who you don't expect to look like, you know, how they do, like do, you know, Vince Vaughn is like a huge dude. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I've actually met Vince Vaughn. I was in Chicago with my dad, and we, uh, we just ran into Vince Vaughn at a local pancake shop. Nice. <laughs> and it was, yeah, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Vince Vaughn." Did Did you introduce yourself? I did not introduce myself, no, because there were so so many people were crowding around him that I didn't have a time to. But yeah, we saw Vince Vaughn. Nice. Um, have you? Who's other than Bruce Hornsby? Who's the <laughs> most famous musician? Do you think you guys have met? I met Ron Carter, the bass bass player. He's pretty famous. I think he's been on more records than any other bass player. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I've I'm I'm when I judge fame by if they have their own Wikipedia page or not. <laughs> but um, I don't know. But yeah, I I put that on the list. On that, I have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truth be told, anybody can make the, you know make a Wikipedia page about themselves. But you know, it's so uh, it it's um, I mean, that's that's to me is like the prime example of whether of whether you're famous or not. And I've met um, no offense. <laughs> I've met um I I met uh I'm I met some like you know like famous people in the hardcore hardcore punk scene like Jacob Bannon mm. and uh of Converge and uh Steve Brodsky of Cave-In. I don't know if um is is hardcore hardcore punk like a style of music that you think you'd be uh you'd be interested in or like you know like getting getting elements from well, it's a, the, the next song we're going to play, I wouldn't say it's hardcore punk by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a little more in that energy level. It, right. it's, I've always enjoyed, so a, a similar experience, one of my good friends in college was huge into hardcore punk. I never really liked it because it was a little too much noise. <laughs> but after he he got me to listen to the Ramones and got me to listen to some of the early stuff, and I kind of could see the evolution of how it got to where it was. Yeah. And then, honestly, he, he introduced me to Gigi Allen, which is about as hardcore punk as you can get. Gigi Allen is just way too out there, I yeah. think, for, for you know, most people to enjoy. <laughs> I mean, he's more, known for, his, he's more no, known for his performances than, yeah. his, uh, than, his, than his music, but, yeah. But, ironically, that, I mean, I, didn't, I don't like the music really at all, but seeing the kind of that melding of the philosophy almost and yeah and that music and what that that meant to people especially with my friend because he grew up in the in the um in new jersey and went to a lot of the remote you know early remote shows we went to uh cbgb's uh, which was kind of really depressing we went down and went to cbgb's the you know famous punk band uh blondie started there and a whole bunch of other i mean i'm only 24 i'm too young to remember <laughs> cbgb but i've i'm i shop now yeah, so I <laughs> I know I know enough about CBGB that you know it's it was a really influential kind of punk venue. Yeah, and it was he went down there and it, we were you know he wanted to go see it and he like walk in there and there's all the records on the wall but they're selling designer jeans for like a hundred bucks a pop, 
And it yeah. just feels like the exact opposite of everything punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um it's 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 punk rock should should be like it's like Blink 182 selling concert tickets for like $600. <laughs> I just think that's I just think that's such a rip, but you know, yeah, it is man. it is what it is. I've got an idea. Yeah. We should sell concert tickets for $600. Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got to find people to buy them, Dan. Ah, well. <laughs> All right, Man, well, some um, kind of mailing list. Don't the, <laughs> can't the Russians help us with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we love to um, we love to hear another song. What you got for us? All right, this one's a this one's kind of a new one that just fell out. Whoa! That's what happens. Little power when you electronics plug in a banjo there. Sometimes, but but we've got we've got a plan. It's gonna work out. This one just kind of fell out. It's called. Uh, who lit the fire? Who lit the fire? That sounds like it's in C.
like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who lit the fire by the constables? Well, that's punk rock for you. Yeah. Yeah. Is I noticed. I noticed you were kind of like you were. You were kind of like improvising a little bit. There is is improvisation like a big big part of like what you what you do live. Uh, as as much as it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we. I, I I think we both bonded when we started first started playing over just you know finding finding the right notes and yeah yeah i mean i'm i can't read music i think you you can read music but slowly yeah i, I mean they tried <laughs> to teach me but it, it just never never clicked so for yeah me, it's pretty much if, if it sounds right it works if it doesn't sound right i'll slide it up and down until it does <laughs> yeah so what's next for you guys do you have any upcoming gigs where can we find you on uh, social media yeah, so you can find us. We've got an Instagram um, and a Facebook page. It's the Constables VT. Um, you can look that up on Instagram or Facebook. That's both the same thing. Um, and as far as uh, gigs coming up, we've got uh, this is a busy week for us. Uh, on Friday, awesome. we're playing at uh, Positive Pie in Hardwick. Ooh. Um, and we're actually bringing in one of uh, Dan's old band buddies to play some Rip Roaring Electric. So we're trying out a little bit new sound, and it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then sa Saturday, we're playing at uh, Dirt Church Brewery, which is a really nice small uh, uh, brewery in East Burke uh, in the kingdom. And uh, then our next gig, uh, I'm playing at Dirt Church again for St. Patty's Day. I think you're going to be doing something else then. Yeah. And then uh, we've got another gig. Well, Essex House and Tavern for everybody hanging out in Island Pond, Vermont, uh, April 27th. Six awesome. to nine, and then we're gonna. We've got a couple of gigs in April. Um, we don't have exact dates yet, but it's at the St. Johnsbury Distillery. So keep keep your eye on our socials, and we'll have that stuff posted up. Cool, free plug. Thank so, you. well, that's I think all all the time we have for tonight. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thank, Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. You've been listening to one hundred five point nine FM W O M M L P, the Radiator. This has been Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Nico Zachman. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night, y'all.